my guys, Nick Jules, and welcome to another episode of Warrior Mindset. And this week, I got none other than dynamic-ish Iron Mike. Is that it? I gotta That's ask- it. This is I. This is I. I got to ask you, I have two questions before, before we start. One, Iron Mike. Yes. That come along. And two, that red strip, does it mean something? Well, of course it means something. Now, I'm just going to lean over like this, yeah? And you can see behind me, that's my logo, right? It says dynamic-ish. So you've got the yin and the yang, and it's made out of dragons, and they're both opposites of each other. That's what I represent with the red and the black in my life. It's balance. Balance. And, and, and how did the Iron Mike come along? You know, I, I, um, I'm Nigerian by heritage, and um, my name is spelled A-Y-O-N-M-I-K-E. In Nigeria, it's pronounced Ayomike. Over here, put it in front of an English-speaking person, and it will come out Iron Mike. Now, so 20 or so odd years ago, 20-something years ago, when I started out my kickboxing career, there was another guy who went by the name of Iron Mike Tyson. And I thought, yeah. how uncanny. So I became known as Ish Iron Mike. That's, since we just talked about that, what do you think about him coming back to boxing? You know something, yeah? Before we go any further, I'll tell you that Tyson was a very huge part of my success, of my career. He was such a big inspiration to me that I actually sat down and binge watched his fights before I had any fights. Wow. Right? So, the thing I see about it, it's just fantastic. It has nothing to do with what he's going to do in the ring. Being honest here, because I'm speaking from personal experience, personal experience, what he's doing right now probably has very little to do with what eventually occurs in the ring. Because I took a break of about 15 years in my career. In fact, I stopped fighting, so to speak. I didn't take a break. And then, you know, you stopped fighting, but you continued teaching? Yeah, teaching and that, and taking my students in. And, and, you know, but I kept, like, I kept feeling like, I went to a fight now, you know, I look around and say, I can whoop him, I can whoop him, I can whoop him, I can whoop him. I'm like, why the hell did I stop fighting anyway? So after a break of about 15 years, you know, I said, I'm coming back. So I went back into professional K1. And it was hard training. It was hard. And I put myself on the line. You know, I, I right now, I'm 46 years old. I oh, went back to fight in my, I went back to fight in my 40s, yes? So after 15 years layoff in my 40s, I found that training for this fight didn't just get me in physical, you know, shape that, I longed to be in for a long time, but also it sorted my head out. It got me hanging around with new people. I made new friends. It got me into a sort of warrior mindset where I felt like I had a new talent. And because I retired, so to speak, years ago as the champion, right? I was British champion. I was English champion. I was Southern area champion. Um, I was European top European contender. I knew that I didn't want to come back and just get knocked out by someone. So I put myself through so much pressure 
because I felt like I had something to live up to. Absolutely. Yeah. So the fight eventually went well, but that's irrelevant. What happened? Because it really just sorted me out. I became a new, brand new motherfucking, can I say that? Yeah. Ish, dynamic-ish Iron Mike. Okay? I became a brand new motherfucking dynamic-ish Iron Mike. And I can imagine what this is going to do for Mike Tyson. Do you see what I mean? The yeah. fight is a small thing. Just training for it. It puts you in a fantastic place. You know that, Nick. The you training, know that. The training, the mindset, the preparation. Also, the challenges. Uh, like, obviously, when you're training in your 20s and you're training in your 40s, of your course, body, your body's different, right? Totally different. Recovery's different. Uh, you know, your body could take a beating in your 20s and the next day you're fine. At of 40, course, because you recover a lot quicker. At 40, it's like you got to listen to your body. You got to respect your limitations. But we have one thing in our favor. Experience. Experience. We're wiser. We're less yes. emotional in the ring. We're able to yes. control the fight at a better pace where we don't get like all wild up if we get hit and we let, we lose that. We lead our emotion, True. lead our fight. Whereas we could just take it, even if we get hit, and control and better pace ourselves because we know we can't come out gung-ho because we're going to run out of steam, but we got to learn how to pace. Of course. I, was, I have a question. If you took Dynamic Mike at 40 and you put him in the ring with Dynamic Mike at 20, who would win? Do uh, you know what? That is a fantastic question. I, I like that. And I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to tell you what I think. The 20-year-old dynamic itch, yeah, is going to storm in. He's going to try and knock this motherfucker out in the first round. Yeah. He's going to come out with all guns blazing, and he's going to be throwing the butts and pants and the kitchen sink as well because he don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Now, the 40-something-year-old dynamic itch is going to come down and chill it out a little bit, yeah. tone things down. It's going to move around. It's not going to stall in. He's going to be on the back foot and watching for the counterpunch. Yeah, he's going to be watching. He's going to come down. Now, the young, the young dynamic ish is throwing thirty and forty and fifty punches because he don't give a fuck and he's thinking, I just need to catch him once. I just need to catch him once. I just need to catch him once. And forty-something-year-old dynamic ish is, is is like, I ain't throwing shit. I ain't throwing shit because if I hit. I want it to count. I enjoy shit. You're absolutely right. And you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's how it's going to be, bro. <laughs> it, it's interesting because... That's how it's going to be. You, you see that as well, even like even in terms of an instructor, like you teach now. Like the way yeah. we teach as we get older is different. We understand because we've been 20, we've been 30. Very few of us are 40 and still in shape. Most of the 40-year-old men I see are like, ah, big bellies, they're out of shape. A lot of them don't train. Obviously, there's a few that do. But as an instructor as well, and as a teacher, how have you evolved? Well, you know, yeah, I, it's, it's been a symbiotic journey. You know, it's a lot of symbiosis between actually practicing as an active I'm um, sportsman and teaching my sport. Yeah. Because I've got to say this, and it's for real. Teaching people 
gives me a better understanding of how to improve my technique. Absolutely. Because I need to kind of break it down so that it can be properly understood. Good point. From then on comes even a deeper understanding of what I'm trying to pass on. Good point. So you see, they go hand in hand for me. I know that not all great athletes become great coaches and not all great coaches were great athletes. But I seem to be able to be pulling it off. Do you know what I mean, bro? It's interesting what you say because I believe you're right, right? You could be a great fighter, a bad coach, a good coach. I have a deeper understanding and I'm able to I'm able to apply it. Wait a second, we're a little bit we froze a little bit for a second. Yep. Give me a second. Let me let this I got you, I got you. All right, I, I see you froze here, but let me just wait a little bit. There we go. Okay, we're back. But but I love what you said because I you know I, I said when you could you're better off being a good fighter and a good coach instead of being a great fighter and a bad coach or vice versa. If you could be in, exactly, middle, exactly. could be in the middle of both, you could teach through experience. Like you could bring your own yes. personal and say, guys, you move this or that, or in a fight, mm-hmm. you want to do this because this is what I've seen or been through. And then if you could put mm-hmm. that in your training, then you have. But if you don't have the experience of either or, or you're really good, then there's a disbalance because at the end, a coach is a coach, and that's the best way he could transmit information to someone else. True, true. You see, um, it, it, some people are born for, you know, certain things and cannot multitask, as you know, as I know. So someone might be a brutish um, warrior, yeah, and he has a propensity for violence. And say, for instance, example, Iron Mike Tyson. He has a propensity for violence. He is naturally gifted, yeah? Now, rather than let him waste his talent and, you know, be under his life somewhere, no one knows, he got trained and put in a ring. He became world champion, yeah? But to actually become a good coach, um, it's not about being a brutish warrior. It really is about having the, the will and desire to, to nurture someone else, someone else's, um, someone else's efforts and see them grow. It's now, you have to have satisfaction in that. You're right. It's someone's efforts, someone's yes. securities, mm-hmm. someone's everything he comes with. Yes. Even as a child, that's still there. All the fears comes even out. Like, you I mean, there's all that that a coach need to, that needs to work on. And I think that I personally, I love coaching. I, I think that, you know, yes, I have the experience. I have more, like I did, I never fought professionally. I did fought, fought like amateur and stuff like that. But I did have a lot of years experience working in nightclubs. And that's yeah. what I use to teach my self-defense. That, that's my baseline of reality that I could bring to my students when I teach any type of defense and, I have that as a measure, as a tool. That's real stuff. What, uh, so you're, are, are, is there a cause that you're a, a bigger advocate in terms of, I've seen you post on the bullying. I am a huge, huge advocate for 
anti-bully programs. Okay. Okay. Bully quite a lot. And um, for one reason or another, you know, I, I, now and again, I try to defend the weak, even when I was the weak. Yeah. <laughs> and I still got mashed up. And I've got all that experience behind me. So I know that. And this is a fact. I'm going to give you a confession. Yeah. At some point in my life as well, before I knew any better, I was a bully also. So I know exactly where I was then, and I attribute it to the company I kept and, you know, the people I hung around with. So your company really has a lot to do with how you turn out. And another reason I'm big with this anti-belief program is because I know that because of who I am, if I had someone like myself back then when I was a bully to educate me properly about the ills of, you know, what I was getting involved with, I know that I wouldn't have gone down that route. So I'm placing myself here to be available for other people as no one was available for me. Absolutely. That's, that's, you know what, it, it takes, I think we, you know, I, you know, we've all been, everybody I know has been bullied in some sort of way. And I know people who've played the victim, but they've been bullied in other areas as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you might get bullied in the street, but you might be a bully at work with your colleagues. So it's the same thing, right? I always tell people when we look at true, people, true. there's so many layers to bullying, right? And I tell people we think bullying yes, there is. the street, but your husband, your wife, your colleague, you know, <laughs> could be a bully. It goes way past that. And I, and it I, goes I, way I, past that. What do you think is the way, what do you think is the best way? Can we ever eliminate this concept of bullying? You know what, to be honest, yeah, we are never ever gonna eliminate the concept of bullying. I agree. What we need to do is to keep re-educating ourselves and also keep trying to correct it everywhere we see it. Yeah, but it's never gonna be completely eradicated. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, another thing is we take care of our own. Yeah, we take care of our own because this charity, they say, begins at home. So here, home, how can I, how can I deal with that? In my own little way, I've got my club. I have lots of children, adults, not as, as you know, as I know, children get bullied, adults get bullied, male, female. Don't even get me started on the different genders. Anyways, so um, in my own little way, teach the people around me. And as well, improve my own knowledge continually because, you know, um, no one knows it all and things always transcend and things change. So in my little way, teach the people around me self-defense. Teach the people around me how to control their minds. Because I always say as well, that it's really, really, you know, just getting home safe. It doesn't have to be fighting. If you just get away from a situation and it can be de-escalated, you have performed self-defense. So, you know, reach out, teach martial arts, speak people, get people on the bandwagon, 
and try as much as we can. I love what you said, and I say this to, to, to the students that I teach. I go, if you could diffuse a fight, if you can be aware and see that something might happen and you could avoid it, de-escalate it, that is winning a fight. That is a form of self-defense and should be part of your training, right? And yes. I tell people, if you will never eliminate bullying, it's part of our human nature more than others to, it is. to try to like, you know, you know it, it, it's in us. And the idea that it's just going to, you know, it, it's a unicorn mentality that bullying is going to go away. And I think the best way to, to, to try to manage it is by you empowering yourself, learning self-defense, and learning how to stand up for yourself. Even if it means, even if you, you stand up for yourself and you fight, even if you take a beating, guess what? When you walk home with your black eye, you're punched in the head, at least say, you know what? I gave the guy everything I had. In your mindset, you're already developing that fighting warrior, that mindset that you need to build your confidence. And that mindset yep. carries on through your work. It carries on when you meet that girl in the bar. It carries on when you, when you, you know, with your, with your son. My kid, when he looks at yes. me, he knows. Like, don't mess with daddy. He knows that. Don't play. Don't play. And I see my last question is uh, you said how old are you 46 47 i'm 46 i'm gonna be 47 in june wow it's gonna be on the 12th on the 12th of june look it's around the corner it's just around the corner it's less than a month i'm gonna make you laugh i tattooed your date of birth over here so hey underneath this flower it's written 12th of june because my son oh i see you want to know funny because my son's why birthday, my son's birthday is 12th of July, and instead of tattooing okay. July 12th, I did a mistake and I tattooed June 12th. That's my birthday. I, I tattooed the wrong date of birth of my son. I guess it was for you, Iron Mike. Wow, that is huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, last question, how do you stay in shape? Tell the viewers, what do you do at 46 to be... I see you train. I'm like, this guy's a beast, man. He's still there. I train like hell. I train like hell. I, I, I cycle. I take my bike out and cycle. I play some tennis. Tennis, I could play tennis like four times or three times a week, but not throughout the year, only in the summer. Um, I, I teach, well, on, before the lockdown, I teach, um, I teach four uh, classes in the week. And then, you know, I wake up, yeah. This is for real. I wake up early, like say, 5 a.m. in the morning, and I don't go to bed till about 11 at night. So as a personal trainer, right, as a personal trainer, I am like this with my clients. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. So I'm on my feet all day. So for me, yeah, apart from the times when I'm doing my training, my line of work keeps me yeah. like this all day. Come on. One more. Come on. Yeah, on. Come on. So I'm not one of them trainers that'll be like, Go on then, three more press-ups. Go on then, all right, uh, do some star jobs. I'm like this. Sometimes I'm doing it with them as well, just to ginger them, up, ginger them on. So it's easy for me. I'm lucky. My lifestyle, my work keeps me in shape. I, 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 I say the same thing. We're lucky because I'm a personal trainer as well. I'm a strength training coach. Yeah. And I love what I do. We're, I tell people, if you wake up every day like us and you love what you do, like you're up in the game. You right? know that. 
and and obviously as a job i mean when you're a personal trainer you have to look the part right yes i tell people you don't need to be completely ripped but you gotta look at least the part if you want to inspire people to be like i had a, i had a 25 year old called me and he wanted to train with me he goes i look at you i'm 43 he's like man i want to be like you i saw your videos i see how you train how you move he goes i can't even go up and down the stairs without getting tired like <laughs> so I think I think it's the best way to inspire and motivate people is what we do. So it is dynamic-ish, man. You're full of energy. Now, where could people find you if people want to check you out? Your content. Where can they find you? Instagram, dynamic-ish. Okay. YouTube, dynamic-ish. Mm -hmm.